forget about the diagnosis, let go of all that and just look at it where how can I as the parent make decisions that help my child thrive? And we're going to propose that thriving means that the rate of repair is greater than the rate of injury. How is it possible for a parent of a child with autism to become the superhero their child needs now? I'm Len. And I'm Cass. When our son was diagnosed with moderate to severe autism, we went all in. We spent over a decade learning everything we could on how we could transform to help our son thrive. And guess what? He's doing it. This year, he ran for class president. Each week on this podcast, we will be sharing the secrets needed for you to become the superhero your child needs. If you want to learn how to tap into your innate superpowers to help your child thrive, visit AutismParentingSecrets.com. Hello and welcome to Autism Parenting Secrets. It's Len. And it's Cass. And we are really excited to be here today. Cass and I both were focusing on a key insight that we're going to share today. It's a real simple strategy in terms of how you can best support your child and even how you can best support yourself. I'm taking this journey of intrinsic health coaching program, and I, this week, part of the lesson was the whole concept of is let your rate of repair be greater than your rate of injury. Yeah, so it's a concept that I've also heard. So Cass is taking this course, which is part of Dr. Zach Bush's program, and I've taken a number of biohacking type uh, programs where, you know, especially in the anti-aging field, this is a big concept. It's all about doing things that actually decrease the rate of injury and doing more things to increase the rate of repair, as Cass was saying. But it's a really useful construct for a parent wanting to help their child with autism. And the reason being Especially when you get that diagnosis and you're just starting out, it's so easy to be totally overwhelmed by the process, by the the label itself, the diagnosis, the services, and and all the things that come with it. And it becomes, you know, at least for us, it was a a war or a battle against autism. This was a diagnosis we didn't want and we wanted it gone. But I think also part of it is after Rye was diagnosed, we had so many experts, you would go to them because your child had a stomach ache or something else going on. And they'd be like, oh, well, that's just the part of the autism, which really it wasn't. And so this is where us supporting our son as he needed to be supported with a clean environment, food, all of these things, we kind of helped turn that so he wasn't having that rate of injury was actually less than what if that rate of repair. And this is where some people might get frustrated because, hey, repair could take a while, right? It might not just happen. You know, I was under the guise that, you know what, I watched my son regress and it happened fast and it was a couple of months. So I thought it was going to take us a couple months to kind of heal his body. And hell, you know, this is a journey, not, you know, not a race or not a sprint like we originally thought it was. And so this is really important. If you have a child who has a diagnosis, for you to kind of step back and think about like, okay, this is their diagnosis and this is what they're saying. Okay, fine. But what can I do proactively as their parent to kind of set them up for success 
to make sure that I am giving them that optimal environment and influences that are going to help them feel great in their body, maybe heal their body, whatever else is kind of going on for them. We're talking about this because it really is a totally different objective and strategy. So early on when I was talking about the overwhelm with the diagnosis and being at war with it, okay, that's that's an approach and that's one we were on for a while. But what we're trying to convey here is that you can shift the whole way you're looking at this. It's not about losing a diagnosis. It's about as a parent, helping your child to thrive like any parent wants for their child, and particularly a child on the spectrum, there's a lot potentially that's going on that can be very overwhelming. All the advice, proximity advice, and things that you're you're probably surrounded with, it's just adding to the confusion and, and making it even more difficult to be confidently you know, deciding what's going to help your child the most. So if you Forget about the diagnosis, let go of all that, and just look at it where, how can I, as the parent, make decisions that help my child thrive? And we're going to propose that thriving means that the rate of repair is greater than the rate of injury. Thinking about it from our kids' perspective, right? So I can speak to it from my son's perspective. My daughter doesn't have autism, but I feel like I can put myself well into her shoes too. And it's like, how do you take the noise out of what might be going on for our kids? So things that maybe we don't even pay attention to, but our overly sensitive kids might pay attention to. Len especially has talked a lot about like EMFs and Wi-Fi and, you know, taking out that kind of noise for our kids. One of my favorite topics is food. And so this is where thinking about if you're the rate of repair, so what you're surrounding your child with can be nourishing or healing. I always like to say we created a healing bubble for our son. And what that did was it took the noise out of the system that gave his body that ability to kind of rest and repair, which was kind of an essential piece of this for us. But that all happened after we looked at it and said, we just want to help our son thrive. We want to, as Cass mentioned, if his body operates as it's intended, and if we could do things to help that, then so much of what you want, at least what we wanted to change about what he was exhibiting, the symptoms, the behaviors, so much of that can just get corrected when the body's just functioning as it's intended. So that's where we, we really wanted to get this out there because it's a very simple concept, but if you really embrace it, it does change where you're focusing and what actions you take. And what this really reveals also is the whole context of what you're doing changes because the issue that we found with the autism journey and how, you know, the early path we were on is that that, that diagnosis, the whole process, it's all symptom driven. It's all about symptoms. So the autism label, whether it's autism, ADHD, whatever, whatever it is, it's just a label that's given if you check enough boxes of symptoms per the manual. And so if you get, if you have a certain amount of symptoms and behaviors, then you will get that diagnosis of autism, whether it's mild, moderate, or severe. But most people don't really take the time to understand 
everything is about symptoms. There's no consideration whatsoever of any root cause. And because of that, the way autism was presented to us and how, and for so many people, autism is just simply a label of symptoms for purposes of treating the symptoms. And you would treat the symptoms if you follow the standard path with therapies, perhaps medications, et cetera. So I just want to make sure that that's really clear. Autism, the diagnosis, and then the the use of that diagnosis is all about treating symptoms. There's nothing about root cause. Right. And the other problem is, is if you think about it from that lens too, is you might be treating a behavior, let's say with therapy or whatever that you might be doing, but that behavior might not be just from the autism. It might be from an external influence, like something your child is eating or something that they're surrounded with. So it's kind of like, wait a second, you just stepped on a hamster wheel, whatever it is. And like, you're trying to extinguish your behavior, but you're feeding your child this food that's causing the behavior. And you kind of just run this cycle and you're like, holy shit, nothing's working. What do I do now? I I just want to seize on something you said, which is the behavior being caused by autism. We hear that all the time with clients that we're supporting and with people. Nothing's being caused by autism. The autism's not doing anything. And it's so easy as a parent to empower this diagnosis and to give it a name and to feel like it does things. It doesn't. You know, the, nothing your child's doing is because they have autism. That's just the label that's being given to them. Everything your child's doing there's some reason why. And if it's a behavior or a physical uh, symptom, then yes, there's some underlying um, reason for it. And again, that's where you would find practitioners, medical doctors, or other practitioners who are qualified to help and who who, who will ask the questions, what's behind this? If If you have a doctor who says, this is just the autism, you know, we always knew that that's, that's, we would leave immediately. Leave, No, and we have that happen so many times. And you're like, wait, my kid's throwing furniture or pushing his belly into furniture and like posturing on anything he could get his hands on and then head banging. And that is just what we are dealt with bullcrap. Like, and that's where, like Len was saying, like finding that root cause for him, which, hey, that was his stomach issues and he didn't have the words to tell us. But this is where it's like, okay, why, you know, yes, autism is that diagnosis most of you listening probably have or some kind of, you know, the autism spectrum or ADHD, whatever. But like, it's thinking about, okay, what is my child trying to tell me right now? And what can I do to kind of help set them up for success and take out some of these influences that may be causing injury that you might not even be aware of just because, you know what? Hey, you know, I was thinking about it when um, our son was born, like I got a hand-me-down, you know, hand-me-down things from others. I never paid attention. Hey, what was that mattress made out of? Or, hey, what am I using here as the shampoo? I just bought what you bought for like baby shampoos. But like all of these things, now that you have a child with a diagnosis, you get to kind of like put on those reading glasses and start asking some questions like, hey, is there a better choice that I can make now that I never can? considered before. But you know what? If I'm trying to take out the noise or the influences in their system that might not be setting them up for success, I'm willing to do that. Yeah. And the reality is kids on a spectrum generally are more sensitive. And if you're 
viewing it though, saying, hey, my child's doing this because of the autism, then you'll never even remotely have the curiosity to ask the questions that Cass is asking. And we didn't know this initially either. So the reality is if you look at it where it's just about helping your child thrive and you don't empower the diagnosis, say, well, that's just the way it is. There's not much I can do about it. Then all of a sudden, so many things that are happening in your environment, you can look at with fresh eyes and, and actually notice and see the clues and then determine what actions feel right for you. Now, we were extreme. We took the toxin uh, concern very seriously. We changed our diet. We changed all the household products we, we had. Moved. We moved. We, <laughs> we've done a lot, and we're not going to go through all that. But, but I think our point is it was not obvious to us that there was a different path, a different strategy, and that's what we're really sharing here. Don't look at it as, I need to have these behaviors gone. Autism has to be gone. That's how I approach things. You can just look at it saying, hey, things are as they are. Yes, there's a diagnosis. There's this label, and it could be useful to some degree, but it's also not in any way defining your child. Instead, take that diagnosis, take whatever information from it, and then say, how can I help my child's body, his body, his, you know, which includes physically his gut, it includes mentally his brain and how that's functioned, his or her. And it's just about how do you help your child's overall body just thrive, to, to operate as it was meant to operate. And that's why you have these two sides of what's going to help your child thrive. It's about increasing the body's ability to repair because it's an incredible machine that does amazing things if it has the tools and the inputs to do it and what can be done to decrease what Cass was saying in terms of that that noise or the friction or what what is causing stress on the body on the brain and if you look at those two ways those two things you can do there's a whole host of actions that are available and for you to choose what feels right for you and your family. But it's just a totally different way of approaching things. And it opens up so many different avenues. Right. And if you're thinking about things that you can do to kind of increase the rate of repair, right? So this one is for me always the go-to is nourishing food, non-processed food that you've made with your own hands. Things like, you know, be open to spend time out in nature Things like energy work for us, I know homeopathy was huge. For some, it could be supplements, but I just have to like, just like you do with ingredient list, make sure you read the supplement ingredient list too, because some of them, they're not all the same. So I just want to kind of make sure that you do your homework as well. Yeah, our son drank a smoothie that had at least 20 supplements in it, and I don't know how he stomached it. Um, but we, uh, but that only lasted for a really short time. Yeah, but too. but but still, we we included in there stuff that at least I knew I didn't fully understand why we were giving it, and I didn't look critically at the ingredient list. So that's where what Cass is saying is, yeah, yes, it's effort, but be really, really focused on why are are you are you entertaining something? Really understand it, and make sure it's a clean product because sometimes they seem like they're innocent, but they may not be. And also like go slow. These are like go like one at a time, because then if some if there is any kind of reaction, you could actually know what might be causing it. So things you can do to decrease the rate of injury. So same thing, kind of that clean food 
minimizing chemicals and toxins. This can be that you use on your body, use on your child's body. This can be ones that you use in your home from a cleaning products. It could be what the furniture in your house is made of. So kind of thinking about that. Also minimizing things like EMFs. And EMFs are huge because more and more every year, I mean, it's, it's unavoidable. Even a parent who wants to try to minimize the amount of technology a child has, that's getting harder and harder to do. So these are some examples of the types of things that are on both sides. And the reason food's on both is that if you want to increase the rate of repair, you want to have, you want to get food right for your child, which is nourishing food, giving them what they specifically need. And it's going to be different for every, every person. But then on the other side, to decrease the rate of injury, it means eating clean food. In other words, food that's not laced with the chemicals and these toxins, which again, they add up. And especially for sensitive kids, they make a huge difference. Right. And, you know, just because you were raised on a certain brand or something that you used to eat doesn't mean that that odds are that food is not the same as what you used to eat. I mean, I think about how many there are what lawsuit right now on going on as relates to Skittles. I used to think that was a cleaner candy. Uh, it looks like I was wrong. But, you know, and I just feel blessed that my kids have never ate them. The food could look exactly the same, but the ingredients are so, so different. So, so this just gives you an idea of the types of things that are on both sides of this equation. But, you know, regardless of where you are and what you as a parent, like what, what you see your role and what you're trying to do for your child. Some parents are very gung-ho. We were high energy early on committed to recovering our child to losing for him losing the diagnosis we shifted our goal um but on the opposite end you know it's also some parents who kind of resign themselves to the fact that there's really not much you can do the autism's a you know a brain issue and it's not something that actually gets better there are people who do believe that and those are kind of two opposite ends of the spectrum um, but instead of being on either of those extremes or even somewhere in the middle it, you can really just take in this new belief and this new objective, which is has nothing to do with autism. It's all about having your child to have a body, helping them to have a body that performs as it's designed to perform. And that means being physically and mentally the best version they can be. And if that's your objective, which has nothing really to do with autism, it just becomes very simple and very clear and that is how you go for thrive. Thrive equals the rate of repair being greater than the rate of injury for that child. And it's a concept that, again, it's not just for autism. It's out there in a number of ways, but it's very, very powerful. And because of that construct, there's a lot of things that don't fit in that construct. So generally speaking, medications don't really do they increase the rate of repair? No, not really. Uh, generally, medications are only masking the symptoms. And do they reduce the rate of injury? Generally, no as well. So it doesn't mean medications are good or bad. I'm just saying in this construct, they don't really fit in. And, and a lot of therapies also, they could be very useful, but they, they're also not necessarily going to be increasing this rate of repair or decreasing the rate of injury. So there's other things that you might do outside of this, but if you just focus on this one construct, again, it opens up so many areas of opportunity and actions that you could take, whatever feels right for you. 
Right. And that's also working closely with that practitioner who you feel really good about. But things like we were created a list of things that we thought might help from a decreased injury, right? And this is avoid, you know, conventional produce. So especially the Environmental Working Group has a great dirty dozen they recommend. So if you're going to eat those items, make sure that they are organic for the dirty dozen. Also, <laughs> I did send them a note the other day because some of the items on like they have the dirty dozen and then like the clean 15, which are the safer, but they still have GMO products on there too. So it's like you wish they actually took the GMO. So the other thing that you can do too is make sure that you are buying non-GMO, especially from a consumption. Now, if it's just like, I just have to go here for a second, but if it's non-GMO, it doesn't mean it's organic. So just making sure that non-GMO could have pesticide. So just throwing that out there for your own reference. Um, but also, like I said, non-processed food. So things that don't come from a box or don't have ingredient list as much as you can kind of go back and relearn how to cook. I know this has been transformative for our family. Non-glyphosate. And so glyphosate is something that you're hearing a lot of now out in the news, also on food, but also think about it from your lawn care, right? So you're if you have that green perfect lawn, you might be using those or the lawn service might be using those chemicals on your lawn. So you can actually make different choices there as well. Also just, you know, reducing inflammation, refined oils like vegetable oil, canola, those things, minimizing sugar. We've already talked about EMFs and we've also talked about household toxins. Yeah. So that's a number of things that you can do to decrease the rate of injury. And will you do all those things immediately? No, you don't get overwhelmed. These are some examples. If you choose to get informed, you'll decide what makes sense and you can make the decisions that are right for you. So those are some examples. And on the other side, in terms of increasing that rate of repair, we talked about going for nourishment, having a diverse diet, more diversity of foods, which is, you know, from my standpoint, that's grown in importance year after year. How important, like you can eat really healthy foods, but if you're only eating like three or four things all the time, that's not giving your body what it needs. No, diversity of food is so important. Also growing your own food. And if you can't grow your own, even if you grew your own little herb garden, like start getting your hands back into soil. Um, or shop your local farmer's market. So at least your food hasn't traveled so many so far uh, to be eaten. Uh, spending time in nature, grounding your feet kind of into earth, uh, forest bathing, um, hydration, right? The water that you drink, making sure that it is clean source um, because hydration is so critical and key for us. And also eating like hydrating foods like cucumbers and watermelon, like there's so many from hydration perspective. And then also um, just energy modality. So things like homeopathy, maybe Reiki, there are so many options there. It's too many to list. Yeah, we love those options. They could be woo-woo for some people. But again, those, those, option, those are options that are available that, again, are designed to help the body perform better. So we're Cass and I have always been curious, what is out there? What are what are the options? And we've chosen a few that have worked really well for our family. So these are some examples on both sides of the equation, particularly for your child. This is, we think, a very useful way of looking at what can I do as the parent to help them the most right now. And of course, this totally applies to you as well. So you, as the parent, you are the key 
we talk about that in pretty much every episode, the more you can be applying this for your own wellness and vitality. Where can you take action to decrease injury? Where can you take actions to increase your body's ability to repair? Look at the options, no need to get overwhelmed by them, and then choose what's right for you. Well, and it's the other opportunity, right, is what you're choosing to do for your child. Just join in because it's amazing what can happen when the family gets aligned and does this together. I feel so grateful that when we jumped, we all jumped together, and that truly changed everything. And here we are 14 years later. Yeah, when I first started eating gluten-free because I wanted to do what my son was doing because he had to be gluten-free. Initially, I thought I was doing him a favor and being a nice guy, but then I, you know, it didn't take me long to realize that was totally for me, totally for me. I wasn't doing him any favors, which is why this whole journey and everything that we've learned, we know it's it's been a blessing, not even a blessing in disguise. It's a blessing in the open. Um, clearly, so much of what we've learned has benefited our entire family, and um, and so with information, with knowledge, with a good strategy like looking at that rate of repair and the rate of injury, there's so much that you can do. Want to learn how to avoid the 33 mistakes most autism parents make? Get your free training today. Visit autismparentingsecrets.com slash unstoppable.